You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour four, Big Show rolling on here. I'm Patrick Dumas. I got Alex Brody along with me. Live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about Radon. We would install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. It's almost trade deadline day, guys. Almost. But uh, you wouldn't know it because we've been making trades all week. As you saw this morning, Tyler Bertuzzi on his way to the Detroit, or rather to the Boston Bruins from the Detroit Red Wings. Break that down a little bit more. Uh, later on, we'll have uh, Murray Pam from the uh, Full Press Hockey talking all things Ottawa Senators. Of course, they made the move for Jacob Chickering last night as well. But first, uh, big game happening this weekend down at the Jack Simpson Gymnasium at the UFC. Calgary Dinos. They're getting ready to play in a Canada West final, and we we're privileged to be joined by the head coach, Damian Jennings. How are we today, Damian? Morning. Doing very well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so the national polls maybe not paying enough attention to your group, obviously, but uh, does maybe that serve as more ex- uh, extra motivation for your group, or it is what it is? <laughs> it's a little bit of it is what it is. I think um, we're such a young group. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're just excited to be um, at this uh, sort of conference championship and obviously knowing that the two finalists go to nationals. So the next day we leave for Montreal and off to then Cape Breton. So, um, yeah, we're just excited to be here. I mean, we're a very, very confident group. That's good to see. Confidence is a huge thing to have at this time of year for sure. Uh, talk about a couple of your players here. Uh, Annecy Palmer, she's second year, uh, your leading scorer and third team all-conference, only, only member of the club that got a – that got one of those all-star nods, but you know, it feels like she could be maybe just very vital to any success you guys have guys going forward, not just this year. eh? Yeah, definitely. And um, it was last year we took our lumps a little bit as a, as a particularly young group uh, kind of guided by those first year group. And um, uh, Anna C's done another stellar year and um, she's joined by Louise. Obviously got the all rookie nod as well. So the two of them are actually leading us in scoring and it's, it's very much the youth that are getting it done. And um, yeah, it's exciting. Getting ready to take on the uh, University of Alberta Pandas. Uh, talk about their group, uh, 2 p.m. Uh, this coming uh, Saturday, but just talk about their group and maybe some of the things that you guys want to focus on to take away their chance at uh, that winning. Well, slightly different styles of basketball, so it's going to come down to who obviously executes their style probably the most dominantly. Um, they certainly defensively are particularly strong and have a nice interior game as well, so... From our end, it's it's it, it, like any playoff final kind of game. It comes down to those sort of small margins, you know, the, the foul count, the turnovers, the possession game. So it really is taking care of those things. I think it'll come down to guard. The guards rebounding, uh, whichever team kind of rebounds best in, in the guard positions because it'll be a particularly physical game. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a great battle between the two teams every time we play. Does, does your team play well with that, that grinded-out style, that, that, that tough physical basketball? Do they, they rise their play up when, when games get that way? We're certainly trending in that direction. We, we've been known mostly for our pace and perhaps the disruptive nature. We are, we've been number one in creating turnovers in other teams in the country all year, so we have that element. But um, we're just so young. It, it's just a great – just the improvement is linear. It's just been unbe- unbelievable. Talk about your journey uh, to getting to the University of Calgary. Obviously, you know, I hear the accent, the Australian accent, I believe. Obviously, how do, British. British, oh, British sorry, sorry, my bad. Uh, how, how, do we, how did you uh, end up finding your, job, finding your way to Calgary to coaching youth uh, sports women's basketball? Like all of us, probably connections in some way. But um, 
uh, I, I was with, I was involved with the the national team in the lead up to um, the 2012 Olympics in London. Okay, cool. And at the at the time, uh, a Calgarian, um, Ron Wattiller and his family were were based in the UK, and he was working for British Basketball. And uh, I don't know, I think his his wife's job particularly brought them back to Calgary, and um, he became the AD at the University of Calgary and was looking to make a change and asked if I'd come out and interview and. Um, the rest is kind of history, really. And then straight off the Olympic Games, I, I arrived in Calgary and have been here ever since and uh, loving it. Uh, now, how, how have you been with building this program? Like, uh, where have you, where did you get it from? And then, like, how have you brought it up? Like, through the, I know you've used the transfer window, like, transfer guys a lot to bring him in that way. But what other ways are you talking, going about bringing up the uh, women's basketball program at the, at the University of Calgary? Great question. I mean, uh, we, we try and we, we get the three internationals that were allowed. We we look at every province. We um, we love to be able to sort of uh, attract the local talent to Calgary to play in front of their communities. So it really is a, a little bit of the United Nations as far as every province mm-hmm. covered. Um, as I say, we've got, we've got two Brits and a Latvian in this cycle, but we've had so many different countries represented in the internationals that we can get. Um, I think like any head coach who comes in, you know, you're trying to make your cultural stamp immediately and, and guided in a, in a performance manner from day one. And we've done that. And we're now entering our fourth national championship and second conference final in my time. And yeah, so we've been knocking on the door for a while. It's just a, it's, it's just, can we take this young group and bring home a banner, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the players that has been with you for, for quite a while, Bobby Joe Colburn, sixth mm. season now uh, at the university of Calgary, Talk about her journey, and uh, which could obviously cult- culminate in a in a couple championships here over the next week or so. Yeah, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, it's just a, it's just one of those great sports stories. Um, alongside Maya, she's our she's our captain and has been with me obviously for seven years now. Mm. It was an ACL tear that took her out. So, um, yeah, just, just a phenomenal story, phenomenal person, um, a great competitor, and as you saw in the Regina game, just yeah, to get yeah. us into this final, what she did, scoring twenty plus. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just one of those great stories. But um, uh, we would love to do something special for her. Um, and it's not too, not too many players finish five years. Yeah, it's difficult with injuries and competition and everything else. So it's just a testament to her and her uh, love for the game. And um, we're just super proud and impressed with the way that she's managed diligently coming back from such an, an awful injury and and to to play at this level again is exceptional. Talking with Damon Jennings, uh, head coach of the Calgary Dinos women's basketball program. They're getting ready to take on the University of Alberta this Saturday at the Jack Simpson Gymnasium. It's a Canada West final. Uh, you've already clinched a spot in the U Sports Final Eight, which will be taking place in Sydney. Uh, Damien, talk about uh, the success you have with your transfers. I believe uh, Mackenzie Trippix was one of the the bigger names you guys brought in, but you've had success with guys with 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 gals coming in from other uh, schools. Yeah, I think these days, if you want to stay at the top, you've got to supplement in mm-hmm. the market, so to speak, whether it's Canadians bouncing back from the U.S., whether it's the COVID year now, what it's been. But Mackenzie obviously has been um, particularly impactful for us, as has Madison Landry this year, uh, just because uh, of, of the seniority and obviously the, the all-star level that they were before. Sally Mackenzie's been injured a little bit, but now she's she's obviously at the business end of this season. We've been able to get her healthy, which is great. So they're going to be huge. I mean, they add to Bobby Joe now. So we have three seniors and really the rest are very useful. So we, we are being guided by their experience and um, it's absolutely critical when you get to this stage of the season that you have some of that experience. 
Damien, how like I know like with these with these these teams and youth sport especially like a lot of your schedule, a lot of it got messed up with the pandemic. You guys didn't play at all. How difficult was it to come back after the pandemic and get back to to your form of we're back into a, a period of normalcy again? Or was did you come across any difficulties? Oh, for sure we did. I think it, it turning into a divisional model made it particularly difficult. Yeah. I think on an in, on our own level, um, we obviously had that mature group that were kind of just under seniority in Ottawa at the national championships in 2020, and we finished with the consolation gold. And really, the following year was supposed to be our year, even though we were ranked number one and two all year with Sask um, in that 2020 uh, season. And then obviously COVID hit, so um, we lost a, a, a ton of experience, and uh, so we're pressing the kind of the reset button a little bit and. As I say, we took our lumps last year in that divisional model, and I, I just, I think, I think for everyone it was volatile, just because you didn't know, you didn't know when the p- plug was going to be pulled yeah. at any point. Um, but I, I, you know, we've come out of it with the experience that we needed, and, and look where we are now. Yeah, exactly. You're on your way to a national, cha- or rather, the final eight here for the yeah, second yeah. time, and I want to, I'll get with that. Maybe we'll end on that here. You guys clinched the spot in the U Sports Final Eight, regardless of whatever happens on Saturday. Obviously, winning Canada West is huge for morale and just momentum going forward. But what's it mean to just showcase your program uh, on the national stage for, for the second time? Uh, it's, it's everything. I mean, this is what you do it for, and, and every team talks about it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure at the beginning of the year that only, obviously, eight teams make it. Um, so we're all, we're always referencing standards around uh, achieving at the conference final and at the nationals level. So um, it's a, I, I've loved the experience. It's my fourth one here in my ten years, and I'm just super pumped for our for our young players to be able to experience this, knowing that they've got X amount of years in front of them, and of course for our seniors to mm-hmm. kind of finish off the season there. It really is a special tournament. I'm sure Cape Breton will host it perfectly, and. Um, with family and friends around, it just really is the pinnacle of what you can achieve. So, um, yeah, just just really excited about it. it. It's such a great event. Yeah, for sure. It's a great way to showcase uh, both men's and women's basketball in this country. Mm. Love watching love watching that tournament for sure. Uh, Damien, thank you so much for, for taking you some time in your morning to, to talk with uh, me and, and all the best uh, this weekend against Alberta. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. There you go. That's Damian Jennings, head coach of the Calgary Dinos women's basketball program, going for a Canada West title this weekend out of Jack Simpson Gymnasium. That's at the U of C campus. Uh, 2 p.m. start, I believe. Let me just double check here. There's a check here. Yes, it's a 2 p.m. start on uh, on Saturday against uh, their probably number one rivals, probably next to MRUs, but uh, the U of A Pandas, the women's basketball team. Regardless of what happens, though, they are going to be in the final eight, which uh, takes place in Sydney, uh, taking uh, starting next weekend. And, of course, Damien joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using that same secret recipe since 1975. Dine-in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Uh, news from earlier, Tyler Bertuzzi on his way to the Boston Bruins uh, from the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, they also extended David Pasternak to a big, big extension. Uh, eight years, $11.25 million per uh, that's a lot of money, and he deserves it. He was going to go probably get more than twelve million on the open market. Uh, up next, we're going to talk with Murray Pam from uh, FullPressHockey.com, covering all things Ottawa Senators. Sens made a big deal yesterday, getting uh, Jacob Chickering from the Arizona Coyotes after an eighteen-month journey. Uh, some tidbits this morning on Chickering. Maybe he didn't ask for the trade, and it was the Coyotes that wanted to trade him all along. 
Uh, it's next with uh, Murray Pam as the big show continues. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. The Ottawa Senators made a big deal yesterday acquiring defenseman Jacob Chikorin from the Arizona Coyotes. Ottawa's a destination, it seems. Welcome back to the big show. Hour four, closing things down. Patrick Dumas, Alex Brody along with me. We go back down that Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline. NHL trade deadline coverage on Sportsnet 960 is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using that same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery, 403-248-3344. We're joined by Murray Pam, Ottawa Senators writer from FullPressHockey.com. Murray, thank you so much for taking some time out of your morning and doing this with me. Oh, thank you, Patrick. Well, let's start with the big the big news out in Ottawa. Obviously, Jacob Chickering is now an Ottawa senator. Uh, Andy Scott, the, his agent, was on uh, Ottawa radio this morning, and he uh, delved into a lot of uh, juicy tidbits regarding Chickering, like uh, that he wasn't the one that asked for the trade, that it was Arizona that approached him, and that the, the senators made it clear that they were not going to retain any salary uh, for the Coyotes. So big ups to Pierre Dorian, but talk about how we got to this point. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, I actually heard that interview with Andy as well, and I think we had heard rumblings about that, oh, probably into last summer or so, that this, that was the case. And uh, and here we are. So what happens, I guess, when Jacob wanted, wanted out and he wanted to be traded, uh, preferably, obviously, to a contender. And Ottawa, obviously not a contending team, but they're, they're heading in the right direction, obviously. And Jacob is... We, he is from the Ottawa area. His dad uh, grew up here, even though, I mean, he grew up in, he was raised, born in Montreal, but he grew up in Ottawa. And he obviously moved to Florida eventually. But his grandfather still is here. His sister is here. Andy Scott is agent here. Apparently, Jacob's going to be moving in with Andy. Wow. Temporarily <laughs> as well. That's, that's a little tidbit, another tidbit. You can and they have a cottage uh, outside, outside of Ottawa. So, I mean, Obviously, it's a preferred destination for him. He sees what's on the horizon, and it's just going to be a, a great ad for the Ottawa Senators. But again, the decision making by the Arizona Coyotes, and I'm sure everybody sees it. Your your listeners see it. You see it. It's really puzzling right now. And what they're doing is basically collecting bad contracts and draft multiple draft picks. What are they going to do with these draft picks? Nobody knows. They have 19 draft picks now, I believe, in the first three rounds of the next three drafts. Yeah, you can't draft all 19 players you can't sign 19 players so like what is what is the plan for them i mean this we don't nobody knows really and obviously bill armstrong's has a plan i would think but what is it are they gonna you know throw these picks up players like a couple years from now and try to build build their hockey club on the on the fly very quickly that might be the plan but right now i don't know if there is one and for him to to come to Ottawa, I mean, that that fills a need that Ottawa has pretty well been looking for probably for about two years now. Yeah, exactly. We heard uh, with Arizona and what what Xavier Gutierrez was said. Their president was uh, they're not in the position to be taking on money. I wonder why. Uh, now mm-hmm. with Jacob Trickerin, uh Ottawa was the rumored destination. It was a rumor, maybe not the favorite, but obviously Chickren mm-hmm. wants to be there. And Andy Scott also mentioned that. You know, you, you ask around the league, top players will tell you Ottawa is a destination that they want to be. Players want to be there, and he credits Brady Kachuk for that shift. 
Right, exactly. And uh, Brady, Brady's the kingpin. He leads by example. He's a fun guy to be around. He's he's you know he's serious on the ice, and he he drags you in, into a battle per se mm-hmm. on the ice. And uh, he's he's just got that you know that personality. I'm sure you see him at, at the All Star game and just just you know at, yeah. in games and on the ice. I mean, this week against Detroit, he was like. He was chirping. He was scoring. He was hitting. He was doing everything he could, you know, to, to throw the wings off their game. Yep. And ultimately, they did. I mean, <laughs> obviously, Ottawa won six two six one, and there was no pushback from Detroit. And after those two games, you saw what Detroit did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're starting to sell. You know, they went. <laughs> they went into sell mode, and it credit Brady good luck for that. To be no, honest. Yeah, I. I... Um, but. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, like, yeah, I was just Brady when he was scored that goal and he was chirping Larkin as he stepped out of the box. I was like, thanks. Exactly. I mean, they dealt Philip Ronick, which was a total surprise, and then obviously Tyler Batuzzi, which is now not much much of a surprise. But this morning, but again, the Ottawa's core. Why it's going to be probably starting to become a destination. How much money now they can maneuver around Mm -hmm. to get more players is another story, but. Obviously, they're all around the same age group, right? So you have Brady, you have Josh Norris, who unfortunately is injured, Drake Batchelin, you have Thomas Shabbat, mm-hmm. you got Timmy Stutzel, you know, Alice DeBrinkett, you brought in another Jake Sanderson's coming. Giroux. Jake Sanderson's 20 years, no, <laughs> 21 years old, 20. It's, it's, yeah, and it's great. And then Chikrin is not yet 25. He, he turns 25 at the, end of, uh, at the end of the month, and he signed two more years. And being from the area, I mean, that's a guy, you know, a free agency who's probably going to look at signing long term. Yeah, so, very, very, again, yeah, yeah, very good work for Pierre Dorian for sure. It's really good work, and not to well, obviously after after what happened, he didn't have to give up a, a roster player or a mm-hmm. prospect. And in past discussions, um, we were led to believe that the Coyotes had asked for Ridley Gregg yep. and or Matt Sogard at, at different times. And he stood firm that he wasn't going to trade trade these players. And they waited and waited. And I think Coyotes, uh, they dropped the ball, obviously. And they waited too long. Everybody, basically, the trade deadline's tomorrow, but it looks like the trade deadline's been all week. And everybody's got their man, basically. And they have no more cap space. Yeah. <laughs> Teams don't have cap space to maneuver around. And just because of that, the Senators, you know, they circled back and said, you know, this is what we have and <laughs> take it or leave it basically. And the Coyotes took it good for Ottawa. I guess good for Pierre Dorian. Yeah. And their fan base. Exactly. Uh, so we're, we're probably getting the debut of Patrick Kane for the Rangers tonight. That's Ottawa's opponent uh, uh, with Jacob Tricker not playing in three weeks. Uh, does, do you think he slots into the lineup tonight or does GJ, DJ Smith want to get him more acclimatized to the whole situation and maybe hold him out one more? Um, from what I heard, he took the red eye to New York City last night, yep. or landed this morning. The intention was for him to play. Uh, I haven't heard anything since this morning. How much time he will get tonight if, if he does play, I'm assuming it won't be, you know, it'd be probably minimal. Just they'll, they'll probably, you know, see how he goes and throughout the game. And, you know, if he's come more comfortable, might play him a little bit more. Um, and I think if we go for full bore on Saturday, you know, when when they come back home to, you know, when Columbus is here, but but the intention I believe is is Chikrin was adamant about playing this evening. Well, that's good. Who do you think he would uh, pair with? Um, for I don't know tonight to be honest as of yet, but um, in general it'll probably be on the second pair, uh, paired with Jake Sanderson. 
Okay. Um, the, I believe the belief is to keep Shabbat and Zub together, mm-hmm. and then and then Chekrin can slide in the second pair, and that will drop Hamannick to the third pair, probably with with Eric Brandstrom uh, full time, with Nick Holden probably being the odd man out. I would believe, um, looking at that way. But the only thing is now. Um, Obviously, the centers have been looking for a right-shot defenseman all along. Chikrin is a left-shot defenseman. But um, he has played, uh, not, I don't know when the last season, but be- prior to he has played the right side as well uh, previously. And Jake Sanderson, um, even though he's a youngster, he, has, he played the right side uh, at certain times at the University of North Dakota. wasn't his regular position, mm-hmm. but he has also played the right side. I don't know if they wanted... Jake Sanderson in that spot as a rookie right now to play his offside. And I, I would think that uh, Chikrin would, would move to the right side for the time being. Do you think, uh, do you think Pierre Dorian's done, or uh, is, do we see another move here before the 3 p.m. Eastern deadline? Um, I think uh, there'll be another move. I, he's looking for a depth forward, uh, bottom six, preferably a center. I'm not sure what's out there right now. Uh, Nick Buxad, I heard his name uh, being thrown around that he, he would be, a, you know, an acquisition for Chikrin's somebody. Chikrin's teammate. Uh, <laughs> Chikrin's teammate, exactly. But you would have thought that might have been done yesterday. Yeah. As well, that was in my mind, but I heard that Nick, Nick Buxad is available. Uh, but looking around, I'm not sure who's available, to be honest, but they're definitely looking for another uh, a bottom six, preferably, preferably a center. Yeah, it's a lot of work. If it's a winger, it's a winger, but they can shift somebody yeah. around. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're definitely looking. I don't know if they're going to get that accomplished. I don't. They don't have much draft capital right now. They're they're the Tampa Bay now. Of, <laughs> basically, I heard the yeah. They they don't have. Um, they've actually do not pick until the fourth round. Wow. As of today, for for the twenty twenty three draft, they traded the first, second, and the third. So, and I believe they're missing the second or third for for the following year as well. Yeah, you got moves you got to make to, to win banners, right? That's what matters. Exactly. <laughs> they fly they, forever. Exactly. Well, exactly. But again, this is not just a, the good thing about this trade. It's not a trade just for this season. Yeah. It's for beyond. Exactly. So that, that's, that's the perfect scenario for the team. So good, good on them. And the, they want to challenge, you know, I basically this season was the quote in the in, in training camp was the, from Pierre Dorian is that they wanted to play meaningful games towards the end of the season. They're going to be doing that and with to gain more experience and then try to go full bore for the, for the following season. But again, you got teams that are going to be really tough to knock off. So yeah, obviously Boston, Toronto, Tampa, they're, they're going to be there every year. So you're going to hope to try to get in a wild card and position and, uh, you know, create some havoc, maybe try to get an upset. Um, does Dorian, uh, does Pierre Dorian have, you think more freedom now that the old regime is gone to maybe, I know he preached patience at the start of the year to the fan base mm-hmm. and everything, but do you think he has more of a freedom here that, you know, the old, the Melnicks are gone now there's, they're in the, the, the process of finding new owners. Do you think he has more freedom here to go out and make these moves to go out and make Ottawa t- contender uh, sooner rather than later? I believe so. I think, uh, Basically, do the it's basically it's a tied tied around with the with the revenue and the attendance and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the attendance is is way up this year. Yep. Um, they've been getting crowds of eighteen to twenty thousand um, more often than not. Uh, 
especially since Christmas, which is which is great for them because they were getting fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. obviously. And last year they were getting twelve thousand. Yeah. Twelve, thirteen, thirteen thousand was a great night last year, last season. So obviously, um, he's been given the reins. Obviously, they brought in Debrinkat. They signed uh, Claude Giroux. Uh, even this trade here, Jake Chikrin is getting four point six million cap hit. But the next two seasons, he's being paid, I think, believe it's five point four million actual dollars and seven point seven million the year after. So I know this will probably come under a different ownership. Mm-hmm. But again, you would the current you know people in place would say, no, you can't do that. You can't bring in money, right? Yeah. So, the, so he obviously has. He's been told he can do this, or, or he, obviously he wouldn't have he wouldn't have done that. So again. I, I would think that um, you know the Melnick daughters and and their backers um, would have probably told him right heading right into the draft that he couldn't you know bring in Debrinkat or or sign Claude Giroux. So obviously they want to sell as much tickets mm-hmm. uh, and get and create as much buzz as possible. So yes, he has been you know given given the rein to to do this. We're talking with Murray Pan. He's also given the rein. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, all sorry, good. Patrick. He's all also good. been given the rein to unload contracts, yeah. obviously, because he he obviously got you know moved uh, Zaitsev earlier than people would have thought he yep. would have done. We're talking with Murray Pam, Ottawa Senators writer from Full Press Hockey. Uh, what are we? Uh, are we still thinking that DeBrincat gets an extension here? I think so. Um, this is going to go. This is the one contract actually that probably won't be dealt with until new ownership comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's going to happen is basically the whole season is is weighing is Alex is weighing out I guess his comfort level with the club if he wants to even live in Canada for long term. You know he's from the Michigan area, he played in Chicago. What does he want to do personally? Um, I know he likes it here, but you know he might you know it, it's all going to come down to dollars and cents and and what's out there. Um, he's makes $9 million next year while it's qualifying, has to be qualified at $9 million. The consensus is the senders do not want to pay $9 million. They want to keep everybody in line with um, with, with Tim Stutzel and Brady Kerchuk who are just getting, you know, eight and a quarter, 8.3. So they want to see if they can sign Alex Rinkat to a long-term contract, maybe like seven, eight years in the eight-plus range. And that, that'll be a, that's basically what they're going to do. They're going to talk to him this summer and – if he's willing to do that, um, obviously they'll sign him, and if not, they'll they'll probably package him probably around the draft. Five points out, uh, four teams, or rather three teams to leave, five points out, but only the Buffalo Sabres have uh, more games in hand, and that's just one. Uh, that sweep was massive against the Detroit Red Wings. Obviously, we saw what uh, what Steve Eiserman's been doing the last two days. Uh, but we know how quickly things can change. Ottawa loses tonight, and then on Saturday it could be all over for them. But from what you're seeing, obviously Ottawa's thinking, yeah, we want to get in. Uh, but what do you think? Are the chances good they get in here? Uh, I'm going to say they're still 50-50 yeah. for, for me. Uh, they do have a tough schedule. They haven't, gone a, they haven't done their Western Canada trip. Yeah. They have games remaining against Tampa. They have games remaining against Toronto, Colorado. Oof. Um, there, there's some. They have, uh, I believe they they play head-to-head. Pits. I was actually looking at this today. They play Pittsburgh once. They play Florida twice, and Buffalo. They play the final game of the wow. season. Wow! So that's <laughs> the only like the games with it 
you know, within the, their competition that's yeah. playing. Um, Pittsburgh, I think, will be a lock, I believe, out of the yeah. group. Um, and we're looking at Buffalo. The, the only thing right now is uh, they have they have an injury to Alex Tuck, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a major injury. Obviously, um, him and Tage Thompson, you know, form a line, form a combination, and you're missing twenty. You're taking twenty eight goals over sixty points out of their lineup, and Rasmus Dallin also missed the last game. I'm not sure how long he'll be out. So that's a big hit for Buffalo this week. So that's that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Florida, I think Florida has to make a move in order to stay in that race. They played a couple more games, mm-hmm. but they do have, you know, a, 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 uh, four more points in Ottawa as well, I believe, for two or four. And well, I think while well, Washington's out of it, I believe, obviously they're they're in cell mode. Yep. So basically, it's going to come down to I think Ottawa, obviously Ottawa, Florida, Buffalo, and we'll see what the Islanders do. Islanders have played I think, more games than anybody. Four, I was four. I was going to say four or five exactly. So they've played more games than anybody. They're at sixty-four. There you go. I mean, Ottawa's <laughs> at sixty. So that's a team to watch because if they lose a couple of games here and there, that's that's a problem for them. So it's every. But the good thing about this is what twenty twenty-two games left for Ottawa, and every night is meaningful as they want to play meaningful games, yep. and and everyone's going to look at the standings every night. So it's going to be it's going to be fun in the East. Uh, obviously, the top, you know, <laughs> the top six are the top six, but it's it's, it's going to be a fun race for, for especially for fans in Ottawa to watch. Uh, you know, the wild card race. Well, for course, of course, last year the East was set by December first, so now we're we're good, and we're this thing's going to come down. I think in both conferences, right down to the final weekend for sure. Uh, what's your mm-hmm. guess on? Just throw your thinking cap on, maybe. I know we've seen a lot of deals between <laughs> just in the last couple of weeks leading up to the deadline. What's your guess on the number of deals we think we see between now and the 3 p.m. deadline tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> I, there's not much out there. Right? you got to get far, creative. I Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if some GMs have time to get creative <laughs> right now. <laughs> so some of these trades that we've seen, are looks like they've been working on for quite a while. They're convoluted, you know, conditional picks yep. here and three, four there. I and mean, I need someone to take on somebody's salary. And I think there's going to be a lot more of that. <laughs> um, I see Pittsburgh trying to, trying to yeah. make a, make a another move. move. Exactly. And I'm not sure. I Colorado as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they picked up Lars Eller. I see okay. uh, the Calgary Flames. I'm not sure if they're buying or selling. Yeah, Flames are interesting. It's just it's it's point. five points. You know they've got you know the UFAs they have this year aren't exactly the most attractive for teams. And then mm-hmm. by next year, if you're starting to get into the Lindholm, Toffoli, uh, Hannafin, Dubé, they all have the one year left. It's like well, then you're just selling away your future, right? So they did their they did their surgery in the off season. I think this is going to be a a thing where Bradtree Living is just going to look at it and be like, hey, if something comes across my desk that I can move a late pick for, sure, but I don't even... I, the Flames are the only team that have yet to make a trade since the start of the year. Yeah, and they might continue to do so. They're, mm-hmm. they're always in... They're, they're low-key, though. They're, they're always chatting, and we'll <laughs> you see. know what they're going to pull. Um, I'm wondering if someone may take uh, a, a Milan Lucic for example. Yeah, it's some salary you got to keep, though, right? Like, that's, like, it's just, like, you want this guy to, like, I'm sure he's good in the room, and and he's got the cup experience, but it's, like, I don't know. I just, it just feels like, I don't know. I just feel like the Flames aren't going to make much, but we'll see. We got a lot of hours to fill tomorrow, so hopefully there's something. (laughs) 
everyone's got hours to play. Yeah. Keep... Everybody, everybody's right. complaining about what they're going to do. Well, thank you, Murray. I know we kept you longer right. than you than yep. you anticipated for sure. But uh, all the best uh, the rest of the year. We're rooting for the Senators and uh, enjoy the game tonight. Okay, thank you. I certainly will. It's going to be interesting. Not only is it Patrick Kane's uh, debut, yeah, and obviously Jeff, and Jacob Chikrin's debut. Uh, Derek Broussard is playing his game number regular season game number one thousand. Damn, good for Derek Broussard. Game playing his in, former in team York. too. Yeah, exactly. That's so awesome. That's a fun night for sure. Cannot wait for that one. We'll be tuning in for sure. Thank you so much, Murray. Okay, thank you, Patrick. There you go, it's Murray Pam, Ottawa Senators writer for Full Press Hockey. You can find him at Pammer Hockey on Twitter. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks to him for taking some time out of his morning to talk all things Ottawa Senators. Uh, they're an interesting team watching going forward. They've added Jacob Chikrin. Uh, Andy Scott, the agent of uh, Jacob Chikram, says Ottawa is a market that players want to be in. So good for them. And once that ownership goes through, they get the new building. That's going to be a team to watch for sure over the next few years. Uh, I want to talk uh, what's coming up on the Jeff Merrick show. Of course, kick things off with Elliot Friedman. Friedman has been working. I know been listening the last few days and just waiting. He's texting. You can hear, oh, ooh, he might have found something here. I know Tuesday was uh, pretty crazy when uh, I believe there was a deal getting broke when he was on the air as well. So uh, that'll be good to kick things off at 10 o'clock. Jason York at 1035. He's a host on the Coming In Hot Senators podcast. So uh, more Senators talk with Merrick. At 11 o'clock, Bill Armstrong, Arizona Coyotes GM. That will be an interesting conversation as well. 18 months it took to move Jacob Trickern. And uh, what else is the Arizona Coyotes going to do? They're not in the position to take on salary. They've said that to a lot of teams. They cannot do that. So what is left for the Coyotes to do? Obviously, they've stockpiled a ton of picks. And then at 11.30, Kevin Allen, uh, all things Detroit Red Wings from Detroit Hockey. Now, uh, it is a Flames game day. Uh, taking on the Boston or uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Uh, 6 o'clock uh, for Flames warm-up. 7 o'clock uh, puck drop right here on Sportsnet 960. Thank you for watching on Sportsnet West as well. Uh, for Alex Brody, I'm Patrick Dumas. We'll chat at you tomorrow. I'm on from 9 until noon. Derek Wills will be joining with me as well. Hopefully there's something to talk about. Hopefully the Flames do something. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. They got to get first off. They got to get two points. They want to make the playoffs. They got to get the full two points tonight because uh, Minnesota's coming into the building on Saturday, and that's going to be crazy. For everyone involved in the program, I want to thank our guests, Frank Cervalli, Rick Ball, Nick Kiprios, Damian Jennings, and, of course, Murray Pam. They all joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We'll chat at you tomorrow.